Everyone is wondering how far will Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter fall in the NFL draft? And which team is going to be the one to take a chance on a really talented prospect with some very real red flags? I don't think the Chicago Bears are going to be that team. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook. You can join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the LockedOnBears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on the show today, we look at the case of Jalen Carter. Not so much like all the details on Jalen Carter, but whether or not the Chicago Bears could be the team that drafts him, whether or not he falls to the Chicago Bears. And if he is there when the Bears are on the clock with the ninth overall pick, why, it sure seems unlikely that the Bears would be the team to pull the trigger on him. We will hear what Bears general manager Ryan Poles had to say on Monday at the NFL owners meetings and why to me a lot of that signaled Bears not being the team that's going to pull the trigger in this type of situation. We'll talk a little bit about why the fit doesn't quite seem to be there organizationally, not in terms of X's and O's and scheme, but just where the Bears are in the team building process and where Jalen Carter is in the developmental prospect, uh, both, I think, on and off the field. And we'll kind of wrap up looking at, at what might happen with Carter. First of all, who who could take him before nine to leave that out of the Bears choice? Who could take him after nine and who might be willing to trade up to nine to get him if the Bears are open to moving down? But I want to start with the general manager, Ryan Poles, because, of course, you know, in the lead up to the draft like this, more than a, a little over a month out or maybe about exactly a month out now, you know, he's not going to talk about specific prospects, right? He's not going to come out and say, hey, we like this guy or we don't like this guy, but he will talk more generally, right, about certain concepts, right? He, and so at the owners' meetings, he was asked not about specifically Jalen Carter because he's not going to comment on specific prospects, but talk more broadly about when you have prospects with some sorts of red flags, which includes other prospects, not named Jalen Carter, by the way. This this is applies to more than just him. But when you have questions about his both, I think, off-the-field decision-making and at times on-the-field motor, motivation, et cetera, which we'll, we'll get into some of those more specific details in a little bit. When you have those types of questions about a player, how does Ryan Poles approach that when it comes to the NFL draft, and I think particularly a first-round pick in the top 10. I don't have the video of Ryan Poles talking for the YouTube viewing audience, but I do have the audio, which we'll, we will play here, and you'll be able to at least hear what the general manager has to say because that's more important than actually seeing his, seeing his lips move and really having you know the actual visual to go with the audio. So here's Bears general manager Ryan Poles. 
Yes, in a in a better place. I think um, taking the time to really um, get to know the guys in in a locker room and understand the maturity level there. Um, but at the same time, you know, we also want to be careful because we're still young and impressionable. So I think making sure that we continue to bring you know a good core group in um, is important. You know, I think maybe down the road where you know you want to take a risk like that, I think the locker room begins to run itself, so you can take some chances. Um, Right now, we, we need both. I mean, we need talent, um, but at the same time, I'm still going to be a little bit cautious of, you know, bringing in the wrong type of person. What you heard there was a guy who doesn't seem super keen on taking a risk with a player, generic, a generic player that may have some red flags or some question marks there, right? That it is a younger and impressionable team. It is a spot in the organization's team building phase that might not be the best time to add a player with a risk like this. And there was a, a, a follow-up question and answer that, that Poles was asked about this when it comes to, you know, players with that kind of question marks. And he said, specifically, he said that he will sit down with George McCaskey and Kevin Warren to discuss how these players might fit in the organization. He said it's an important part of his philosophy. And the, the quote from, from Ryan Poles was, I do want my owner and president to sign off and be on the same page. I think that probably applies mostly to the ninth overall pick, a first round draft pick, and therefore pretty clearly Jalen Carter, even without saying Jalen Carter. But it sure seems to me like it's, it adds another layer of difficulty and another layer of unlikeliness that, a, Ryan Poles is going to decide that Jalen Carter is worth the risk for the team, which I think is unlikely at this stage. And then B, that he's going to be able to go to George McCaskey and Kevin Warren and convince them, based on all the information that they have, that Jalen Carter is a worthwhile risk for the team. It just seems like when you add that extra level of you know another opinion, another group of people involved in the organization, understanding that Carter is going to be a top 10 pick that has to represent this organization. And this is not typically an organization that has has opted for high risk and not an organization that has uh, taken too kindly to people who have not represented the organization well in that regard, it ends up being, uh, it ends up adding up to me like a scenario where even if Carter is there for the Bears at nine, which is not a sure thing, not a guarantee, not a foregone conclusion at this point, I just don't think this Bears team at this stage of the process with the brand new president getting ready for the stadium move and, and where they are in the team building process, having tra just traded down from the number one overall pick, it just doesn't feel to me like they're ready or willing or eager to take a chance on someone like Jalen Carter, despite how good he is. And that's not a question. The talent itself, the pure raw talent, the things he has flashed and shown an ability to do on tape at Georgia is not part of this equation, right? You're not wondering, oh, is he good enough? to be drafted there. It's, can we rely on him on and off the field? And, and we'll go a little bit more specifically into some of those reliability questions and why it doesn't really align with exactly where the Chicago Bears are right now in their team building process next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. So if you place a bet, your first bet, and you get it wrong, 
they will give you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. So on your first bet, you cannot lose. You either win or you get your money back to keep playing with FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to the final four to who gets drafted first or at what position in the NFL draft. You can bet on next year's football season and so much more, all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NBA. As much as we see the Jalen Carter who dominated at Georgia on tape, you can see it and fall in love with the player. It just doesn't feel like where he is right now and where the Chicago Bears are right now perfectly align. And I think it's important to to acknowledge how great he is as a football player and not let that get lost in the very real questions, concerns, red flags, things to keep an eye on with him. But but let's make sure we understand like how explosive he is for a 6'3", 315-pound, 22-year-old, how strong he is to move opposing offensive linemen. And when off the snap, when he hits you, you hear it. I mean, when he hits them, but you know, the royal you, you hear it and you feel it and you see it. Like it, it gets multiple senses are engaged when Jalen Carter is destroying a block. I mean, it's really impressive to watch him work. I mean, he's a great, he would, he would be a great fit as like a three technique pass rusher on the inside of this Bears defense. But he's also someone who could line up a nose tackle. He could kick maybe not all the way out to the edge, but you can move him up and down the defensive line a little bit and feel like he's got the, the skill set to play anywhere and to move well at that size. He's got good technique, good footwork, good strength. I mean, good length. It's pretty much everything you're looking for. The weaknesses in terms of like on the field when he's at his best, the weaknesses are, are really, really hard to find. Like, okay, maybe he sometimes gets a little bit too upright and the pad level's not like quite always there, but he's so strong and so quick that it doesn't really matter. And like, sure, you can find a fine, you can fine tune and tweak things here and there for everybody. But one of the best defensive tackle prospects we've seen in in the last handfuls of drafts, when he's engaged and going 100% and really at his absolute best, which is not always the case with him, right? We've seen, we've seen times on tape where Maybe you don't want to say takes the play off per se, but there are times when it's like, okay, we know Jalen Carter is capable of dominating at any given moment. So at the moments when he's not dominating, you're kind of asking yourself why, you know, is there an, is it an energy and intensity and motivation thing on some of those plays where it's like, why, why are you not just absolutely taking over every time? Certainly, you know, when he's double teamed or triple teamed or whatever. Yeah. But like there are plays where you can look at it and kind of wonder why he didn't do better in a, a one-on-one matchup type situation that you feel like he should be able to dominate at an even even higher percentage of the time. He was also a guy who was, you know, kind of a part-time player at Georgia. They have so much talent on that defensive line. He never played more than 400 snaps in any of his three college seasons, despite not having, you know, major injuries that kept him out of games. They just were rotating so many different players in there. But he's so good. First of all, it makes you wonder why they didn't just play him more when he's dominated all the time out there. I don't hold that against him 
as much, but it's the idea that, okay, when you go to the NFL, he's going to be asked to play quite a few more snaps. I mean, a full season, every snap on defense is anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 snaps. Now, defensive linemen are not playing every single snap in every single game, but if you think about it, he, he played no more than 400 in a season. You know, he's going to be asked to play at least six, if not closer to 800 snaps in an, in an NFL season if you're an every down starter at the defensive line. And that's going to be double, more than double, potentially, any individual season he played in college. How well is he going to be able to stay fresh, keep up with that, stay healthy, keep the energy and the the endurance up to be able to perform at a high level through all of that when we saw times when he wasn't performing at a super high level or wasn't didn't seem to be going completely 100% exactly all the time that you would want him to. I've heard through the grapevines, you know, unnamed sources, but people who are real people who have names, but sources who shall remain nameless, I, I've heard from folks that there were times at Georgia where his coaching staff was frustrated with him, you know, even at practice, feeling like, again, maybe he's not fully engaged, fully motivated, fully, you know, practicing as hard as they want him to. And when you apply that to the Chicago Bears and this idea of the hits principle, that doesn't sound to me like a player who, you know, really fits the exact type of, I don't want to say human being, but, you know, the, the type of off-the-field mindset that Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles keep talking about. You know, they, they've said over and over again, we want guys who love football, guys who love to work hard, do the dirty work, be selfless, and, and you know, play football the right way. And there are enough murmurings about Jalen Carter, separate from the arrest, which is kind of the elephant in the room we haven't even gotten to yet. I, I, I kind of want to, I'm intentionally de-emphasizing that a little bit to make the point, right? Separate from the obvious legal question marks about, you know, uh, misdemeanors that are that he, I believe he, he's facing, that he turned himself in for, that we'll see how that plays out legally. Like, those are obvious question marks that teams are going to have to get to the bottom of. How reckless was his decision-making? What was he and wasn't he involved in there that led to the death of multiple people, I believe, in, in a car crash situation where he was believed to have been driving at high speeds and alcohol believe, was believed to have been involved, at least for sure, with the people who died. And so you wonder if Carter was around and involved in that. I mean, there's a lot of questions about what exactly happened there. But even separate from that, the on-the-field questions or these sort of like, X, not X's and O's on the field, but, you know, like football-related questions versus non-football-related questions started before the arrest came out, right? Started before a lot of that started causing trouble for him. It's not like everyone is just reading too much into this arrest thing because I, I tend to I tend to not get too caught up in, in the specific legal trouble to an extent, right? I mean, there's, there's every, it's a case-by-case -case basis, but it's not like Carter, Carter, there's different degrees of bad in terms of, the legal things that players have gotten in trouble for. And that he does, it's not like he has this long track record of four arrests in college, right? Or a consistent track record of getting suspended for, and, and you know, those types of things are not quite there in terms of like the character questions as far as like poor decision-making off the field. But I do, I'm more concerned about and feel more legitimate about the like on the field football questions. Does he love football enough for the Chicago Bears? And they're going to bring him in for a one-on-one -on -one interview and find out. They're going to try and get to the bottom of it. But, you know, he came to his pro day looking to be out of shape, wasn't able to finish his pro day. It doesn't look like he's handled that process very well. And it's just the red flags start to add up to a point where it's like, I don't think 
Ryan Poles with a young team that's still ascending is in a position to take a risk like that with the ninth overall pick where you just need to get a real solid player here to set the foundation for your team. Someone who you maybe, maybe does, isn't as good as Jalen Carter and maybe doesn't have the upside of Jalen Carter, but it's a lot lower risk and a lot more likely to pan out for your team. And the Bears need players who are going to pan out and can't afford to miss on a player like this by swinging for the fences for a guy that could be a Hall of Famer or could be a problem who ends up out of the league and not dedicated enough to fit in with your football team. That's why it feels so unlikely for the Bears. There's also the chance that he's not even there for the Bears to pick at number nine, that he doesn't even fall all the way to nine. Or if he does fall to nine, that other teams might be interested in trading up to get him to make sure that he doesn't go any farther. So we'll kind of look at what the range of outcomes might be for Jalen Carter and how the Bears can kind of plan around that for themselves next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the world's best tasting protein bars. And just like the college basketball tournament is going on, there is a Built Bar March Madness bracket here for you. We know you have your favorite flavors of Built Bars and Built Puffs, and now is your, now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. we got matchups like banana cream pie versus peanut butter brownie. We've got lemon dipper cheesecake versus double chocolate. Maple donut puff versus cookies and cream bar. And so many more. So many great flavors there. I've tried most of those and have not run into a single bad flavor of Built Bars. I eat one every single day, literally, because they taste like candy bars. It's like I get a sweet treat, but they're low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. They are absolutely wonderful. And if you go to builtmarchmadness.com, if you enter your votes in, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win a free box of Built Bars. 50 locked on listeners will get a free box of Built Bars just for voting for free at builtmarchmadness.com. And one lucky locked on fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. I'm voting so I can get a chance to get free Built Bars every single month. You got to do the same. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every single day until the end of the month here. So we're coming up on it. So stop in and support your pick. Speaking of picks, where is Jalen Carter going to go? How far is he going to fall in this draft? You know, he started out as a guy that was in the mix for the Bears with with the number one overall pick. And if not there, maybe the Texans at two, maybe the Arizona Cardinals at three. But it didn't feel like he was going to fall too much farther than that until the arrest and until he leaves the combine because of the arrest and until the pro day goes off the rails. And now it's a free fall. We've seen very talented players fall in the draft before for controversies in this draft process. Most recently and notoriously, I think we think of Laramie Tunzel, where the day of the draft the video of him wearing a gas mask bong was leaked and he started falling and ultimately I think went number 13 to the Miami Dolphins. But that was another case where it was like, he's on tape, he's a great left tackle, looked like a franchise left tackle. And the only thing that seemed to make him fall was trying to figure out what's going on with this bong mask video and whether or not it was worth it. And the Dolphins, you know, swooped in and made a, made a great pick for them. He was a great left tackle for them. And then they traded him and got a bunch of draft picks for him. And he's well on his way to, I mean, I don't want to say a Hall of Fame career just yet or anything, but, you know, really a, a strong a strong career for him that continues to cash in as one of the top left tackles in football. We've seen other very good players fall due to off-field concerns. I mean, you can go back to Randy Moss and Warren Sapp and some of these other guys, but, you know, it, it's hard to get a sense of 
exactly how far they'll fall because it'll be a sense of how comfortable teams are. And all it takes is one team to be truly comfortable. But like we just talked about with the Bears, different teams are going to have different comfort levels based on where they are, I think, largely in the team building process. I think the young teams like the Chicago Bears that are early in this turnaround, establishing a culture and trying to get foundational cornerstone pieces into their franchise to build themselves into a contender are not the team's best position or most likely to take Jalen Carter in this draft. Typically, I would think it would be the teams that are more established, have done some recent winning, have a culture in place, and have have the flexibility to say, you know what, no one wants to miss on a first-round pick. But this team, these teams, if they, still, if they miss on the first-round pick, they're still going to be a good team. Uh, getting the first-round pick would make them an even better team. But without this first-round pick, they're still already a good team. And so you can afford to take the risk and maybe get another great player and add something extra to your roster and be an even better team that puts you over the top on the way to the Super Bowl as opposed to the young teams that just, like, the Bears need to hit on this pick. They need a guy who's going to be here for five years plus a second contract, a long-term foundational cornerstone piece. And Carter doesn't offer as much, I don't want to say certainty, but as much stability in that regard. And so you start to go down the list of like, okay, we know Carter's not going to go one to the Panthers. They're drafting a quarterback. Probably not two to Houston because they're either going to take a quarterback or probably Will Anderson just because of the question marks for Carter. Arizona at three, I guess if Will Anderson goes at two, you could start to have that conversation. But I still don't think, I think Carter's going to fall at least out of that top three where he was already, like he was projected to go in that top three before. So you add all these things in there. He's got to get out of there, right? The Indianapolis Colts at four, expected to take a quarterback. Also one of these like young teams in transition, right? They're moving on from their old quarterback. They're, they're getting younger. They shed some talent here and they're trying to sort of rebuild not a situation where I would expect someone like Jalen Carter to go. I think the earliest we see Carter go, which could be, this I think is a very well likely, is, is five to the Seattle Seahawks. He screams Seattle Seahawks defensive lineman to me, right? This is the kind of guy, this is exactly the kind of guy that Pete Carroll takes a chance on. Now, they did just spend big money on Draymond Jones from the Denver Broncos in free agency, who many Bears fans wanted the team to sign. They also brought back or brought in uh, Jerron Reed, on the defensive line. So they do have some, some significant investments in that group up front, but it also strikes me as an organization that isn't shy to double dip at that spot, especially that spot. They love defensive linemen. They've been willing to work with players that may have some sorts of red flags or character concerns and those types of things. They have that reputation and they seem to have that culture, especially with Pete Carroll having been there so long that they can bring a player like that into the locker room and, and work with him. And a guy like Draymond Jones can be a mentor for him, right? Can be that veteran buddy to pair with him, or even Jerron Reed, who's been in the league even longer, to pair with him and kind of show him the ropes and get him the right, get him on the right track a little bit more for what they want from that organization. I think Seattle is a, a real possibility there that Carter comes off the board at five and doesn't make it to the Bears at nine. Once you get past that point, the Lions are an interesting wild card team here, right? Of course, they drafted Aiden Hutchinson last year. He's more of an edge rusher, but you know, do you want to use back-to-back top 10 picks on defensive linemen, they certainly have the need on the interior there. I think the Lions should draft a quarterback, if we're being honest, but they're not going to. But certainly you could see them going, you know, with a cornerback there to kind of shore up their secondary. And I don't want to make this a whole mock draft podcast here and put different picks for all these players, but they could use even an upgrade at right tackle. They could be one of the first teams, or excuse me, I guess they need more of a right guard. They moved in 
uh, Halapuli Vitae to right guard. They've got Panay Sewell on, on one side and, and Taylor Decker at the other. I was, I was looking at the wrong position there. But regardless, like, I could see them needing a three technique. And maybe Dan Campbell looks at his culture and says, we're a tough, hard-nosed, blue-collar team that could take Jalen Carter in and make it work. It wouldn't totally surprise me. They still strike me as a team, though, that has done enough losing recently, even though they won more games this past season, that they're not fully an established contender yet that can take that risk. It just To me, that would be a little bit of a surprise, but I guess not a total shot in the dark. The Raiders, the Raiders are figuring things out at seven, right? I mean, I don't know where they think they stand in the team-building process. They could take a quarterback there. They're like half rebuilding, half you know, established, but they, they're still not winning enough games. They really need help in the secondary. You know, they, they've, they've got Bilal Nichols, former Bear on the defensive line, Jerry Tillery, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones. Like, they do have some defensive line. It's not a huge need, but I don't know, I don't know that McDaniels has the culture there for it either because it's just kind of been a – the Raiders have been a messy organization, and I don't feel like adding Jalen Carter is something that they should really want to do. The Falcons are a young team that's rebuilding and building up. I don't think they're in a spot to take Carter. So then that brings you to the Bears at nine. It's like there, you can see, like if the if the Seahawks and Rams don't take him, he, he may fall all the way down there. Then it becomes: Does anybody want to move up to nine? Because the Eagles at ten. We talked about this a little bit on the trade down podcast yesterday. Yeah, yesterday's podcast about trading down. That the Eagles look like a team that would be a perfect fit for Jalen Carter, veteran, well established team. They love defensive linemen. This is exactly the kind of team that would take him, and 10 would be a better spot, I think. They would feel like, okay, we got him at 10 as opposed to trying to use like a top five pick on him. A top 10 pick is a little bit easier to swallow. So does any team want to get past Philadelphia at 10 to get Jalen Carter? Would Houston trade up from 12 to 9 to get the defensive player to go with their quarterback? Would the Jets, well, the Jets may end up giving up that pick to get Aaron Rodgers, but if they don't, would they want to go up to 9 and get another stud defensive lineman to pair with Quinn and Williams? I mean, would the Patriots want to move up there? The Packers? to get another stud defensive lineman. I mean, you can start to go down the list and why a lot of teams might want someone like Jalen Carter if they're willing to get past the risks. I think it's unlikely that a team will trade up specifically for him. I think ultimately he probably goes 10 to the Eagles or free falls into the 20s because more bad stuff comes out between now and then. But we'll see. I think he's a a talented enough player that someone's going to take a chance on him. I just don't think it's going to be the Chicago Bears. Whatever happens with Jalen Carter in the draft, you can be sure We'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making the Locked On Bears podcast your first listen today. If you're looking for your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast for even more coverage of all the biggest stories around the NFL Draft Keith Sanchez over there and, and the boys, they do a great job of uh, Damon Parsons. They do a really great job of breaking down the NFL draft. They've got great chemistry and they bring, you know, they're going through all different scenarios for all different teams. And on tomorrow's Locked On Bears podcast, barring some kind of more important breaking news that would bump this to another day, we're going to talk about Keith Sanchez's last latest mock draft for the Chicago Bears. I mean, it was, it was a full mock draft, but his latest pick for the Chicago Bears in his mock draft, which was running back Bijan Robinson from the, from the University of Texas was his pick for the Bears with the ninth overall pick. And we're going to talk about that on the podcast tomorrow and why I love Keith, but I'm not a fan of that pick. And we'll, we'll hear, from, we'll play some of Keith's analysis of B. John Robinson and hear his side of the case. And then we'll talk about why some Bears fans very much do want the running back there. And that's becoming a more popular pick in mock drafts. And we're going to, we're going to push back on that a little bit and, and kind of come to our senses on, on the value of running back. And, and specifically, I think 
for the Bears and where they are. And it's a similar conversation about, you know, what the team needs for the long term here. So that'll be tomorrow's podcast. Make sure you come on back for that. Make us your first listen tomorrow. And of course, you have to come back for your next opportunity to bear down.